Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. I am so glad that I found Buzzsprout and was lucky enough to start with them. They've been so instrumental in helping me grow That Girl the Podcast. I love that I can look at my stats anytime, anywhere, and know exactly how I'm doing. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Chapter 23, Pride. As I drive home, as I drive home, my gas gauge alerts me that I'm on empty. So I pull over to fill up. I usually only put a quarter of a tank in because California's gas prices are so astronomically high, that's all 20 bucks can afford you. I pull out my debit card, swipe it through the machine, and wait. I hear a mean honking sound and an alert from the machine comes up. Declined. I shake my head that this can't be true. I cancel the transaction and try it again. Again, declined. Pissed, I walk into the actual gas station and see the teller there to try my card yet again. The teller swipes my card and waits. He then looks up at me with an uncomfortable face and says in a Middle Eastern accent, I'm sorry ma'am, but this card is not going through. Insufficient funds. And hands it back to me. Do you have another card you'd like to use instead? Shame runs through me like a bolt of lightning. My face turns red and I can feel the heat bubbling through my body. I frantically search for my only credit card, the one I never use, and hope that it works. I hand it over and watch him run it. It goes through. He hands it back to me, and I walk quickly out of the door, ducking my head to avoid any eye contact with anyone who's just witnessed me having my ass handed to me. I get to my car and begin to fill up. A quarter of a tank has got to last me a while, but the truth is, I know it won't. You drive so much in LA, it's impossible to get anywhere without a car. The gas gauge clicks off at just barely a quarter of a tank. As I drive home, I'm terrified to see my bank account balance. I have some savings, but not much. I never made enough on my stupid little show with absolutely no budget to create any kind of savings. I've just always had to live lean. But now, without a steady paycheck coming in, I need to figure out what I'm going to do and fast. Rent is approaching, along with the rest of my life. I get home and check my bank accounts. I'm overdraft by $30 from my checking and only have about $500 in my savings. I have to pay rent in two weeks, and with this, I'll never make it. I start to panic. Like, real panic. The kind I felt in college when I was in this exact same position, and it forced me to become a makeup artist just to live an adult life. I suppose I could live like a child again and move in with my parents like everyone else does these days. But I'm too prideful for that. And for fuck's sake, I'm 32 years old! I'm not 25 when I should have lived at home, I guess. I start racking my brain of what I should do. Maybe one of my songs will get cut soon. Maybe I could get a little bit from that. Maybe I should see if I can get unemployment, but I'm not sure how that works. Do you have to be fired or quit? I kind of did both. I'm completely overwhelmed, and I don't know what to do with myself. 
I want to call Ryan, but I also don't want him to know what's going on. He makes such amazing money, more than I've ever known, and it's such a normal thing for him. And Jennifer too, she's practically wealthy at this point. Everyone around me has more than enough money, and here I have to use a credit card now to put $20 worth of gas in my car. My mind starts scrambling for solutions, and I remember the sweet bartender girl from the Village Idiot on the day I left my show. Maybe I should try working there. More than any of this, I just can't believe in order to break away from a toxic work situation and be on the brink of a healthy one, I might have to become a starving artist until I float to the other side. The next day, I decide to walk to the Village Idiot to see about getting a job. I keep my car at home for emergencies now. Everyone can come to my house as I won't be driving anywhere I don't need to be. I walk in slightly sweaty from the walk and from nerves. I've never had a real job before. I don't even know what that entails. I've brought my resume, not that that'll do any good. I have no restaurant or food service experience. I can barely cook. No one is at the host desk, but there is a bartender wiping away. I walk up to him, shaking inside, and ask, Hi, is there someone I could talk to about job openings here? I don't even know if that's what you ask when you're trying to get a normal job. He looks at me confused. Uh, yeah, let me get Stan. He walks off, and I stay standing near the bar. The very bar I was at only a short time ago, drunk and crying, over leaving the only career I've ever known. Another man comes walking towards me. He's probably near 50. He has a little belly and is dressed like either he used to play music or may still when he's not running a restaurant. His black jeans and distressed black t-shirt seem simple enough. But his hair, or what's left of it, is stringy and bordering on unclean versus cool messy. He has a slight smell of patchouli and tobacco, which makes me think he must definitely be in his 50s. No one 40 and under would wear patchouli unless they live in Topanga Canyon along with their hippie friends. Are you the one asking about serving positions? He asks. His rough voice comes out damaged, probably from years of smoking or yelling at his staff. I stutter. Uh, well, just if you have any job openings. He points to my resume. Is that yours? Yeah, here's my resume. He snatches it out of my hand and begins to look it over. I'm taken aback by his gruffness, but I think this just must be how it is in this field. And besides, I've handled much worse. As he reads it, his mouth smacks a little from the tobacco he's chewing. You have an Emmy? He asks. Oh, yeah, two, actually, I say proudly. He sniffs. Then why are you here? Did makeup kick you out or something? He teases. I instantly feel embarrassed, but feign confidence. No, I'm making a career change and I need something to do in the meantime to make money. Simple as that, I say curtly. He nods and continues to look at my resume, turning it over and then handing it back to me. Well, I don't know what to do with you. You don't have any experience. I'll do almost anything. I'm a fast learner. Just show me how to do something and I'll pick it up and stay out of your hair. I quickly realize what I've said and see his eyebrows go up. Maybe not quite the right analogy. He sighs. I mean, maybe I could put you as a host. I don't really need one, but you could learn how to do other things that way. Hosting doesn't really make much, but bartending does. I'd love to learn how to bartend, I say, the words coming out of my mouth almost convincing me that they're true. He grunts. Can you start today? It'll be lunchtime soon and you can shadow the lunch host and see how it's done. 
Part of me is excited that I've gotten what I set out to do. But then the other bigger, more realistic part of me is just realize what I've gotten myself into. I've just become a host. Stan introduces me to the lunchtime host. She's just barely 21. I feel like her grandmother. She shows me how the tables are numbered and how to seat servers based on their sections. All terms I'm new to. I just thought people were sat based on their preference to a window or no window or inside or outside. I never knew there was a system. She lets me follow her around, holding menus and passing them out to the customers. I smile and pray that I don't run into anyone I know. I pick up hosting pretty quickly, and it's not long until we're working together. I catch Stan watching me a couple of hours in, and think that maybe he might be impressed, or at the very least happy I haven't screwed up the lunchtime rush. Around 3pm, the rush is over, and the host is sitting at her chair scrolling away on Instagram. She barely talks. We have nothing in common, so I don't try to make conversation. I see Stan near the kitchen and walk up to him. How'd I do? I ask happily. You didn't screw it up, so that's a plus, he says, watching two servers talking intimately to each other. He seems distracted. I laugh nervously. Can I start learning to bartend? He laughs. You haven't even been here three hours and you're already gunning for one of my bartender's jobs, huh? Why not? I'm not trying to stay here forever, I say nonchalantly. There's a slight pause where I wait for something to happen. He looks down at the papers he's holding, paying no attention to me. I don't have time to play these stupid games with him. I have two weeks to get my rent and I have to do it now. I stand up straight, take a deep breath and say, Okay, then I'm just going to go over and start learning how to bartend. He jerks his head up surprised. Be my guest. It's not like I'm your boss anyway. I look back and laugh. He snickers a little, amused by me, and looks back down at his papers. I walk over to the bartender and introduce myself. Stan said you could start training me how to bartend. The bartender looks up again, confused by me, and then calls out to Stan. Hey Stan, who is this girl anyway? Stan shrugs his shoulders. Just teach her some stuff. I don't have time for this. The bartender looks back at me and rolls his eyes, clearly pissed. I can practically feel the money materializing in my pockets now. I stay at the bar well after 8pm, learning how to mix drinks, the difference between beers, what kind of wines they have, and how to pair them with certain meals they serve. It's actually kind of interesting to me, and keeps my mind off the panic of not having any money. I feel motivated to learn how to bartend and how to be really good at it. Maybe it's a step down for me, but I just keep reminding myself that everything is temporary. Plus, they give you one free meal a day, and for someone with no money, I'm going to make that meal count. Stan releases me around 9pm and tells me to come back the next day for the same shift. I agree, thank him and the other people I've worked with, and go to grab my purse in the back room. I haven't checked my phone all day. I've been too wrapped up in learning how to work in a restaurant to think about much else. There are a few missed calls, texts from friends, and a few from Ryan wondering if I'd like to meet him for lunch, and then asking why I haven't responded, and then, are you okay? I immediately text him back that I'm fine that I've been at the beach all day and I've had terrible service. I realize this is my first real lie to him and I don't feel good about it. But the alternative is to tell him the truth and I'm not really ready to do that. Hey guys, did you know that for $5 a month, you can help support That Girl the Podcast on our new Patreon page? You'll get access to bonus podcast episodes only seen on Patreon, bonus footage on current episodes, Q&As, and everyone's favorite, loopers and so much more because that girl doesn't have sponsors 
you'd be our sponsor. With $5 a month, you can help me keep making the podcast. To sign up, go to patreon.com forward slash that girl, the podcast.